Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the First and Moose podcast presented by U92, the Moose, the student radio station of West Virginia University. I'm Patrick McCabe, your host, along with my co-host, Manny Mardiege. As we were jumping on to do this Zoom and do this podcast, breaking news, the Philadelphia Eagles have traded for Bears defensive end Robert Quinn for a fourth-round pick. Immediate reaction, Manny, this is a steal by the Eagles. Yeah, uh, we were just talking about it. I just saw it come up on my phone. And, yeah, for a fourth rounder, like, like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing here? Um, if you're the Bears just trading Robert Quinn away for the fourth round, I, I don't know what's behind it. Um, obviously, Robert Quinn didn't know because of the tweet you just you just told me or just showed me. Um, no, it was Roquan Smith. That was Roquan, oh, that was Roquan Smith. Smith? Okay. Yeah, he okay. was crying. Yeah. I thought that was Robert Quinn. All right. Well, that's no, that yeah. would have been even that would have been even worse if you yeah. didn't know. But uh, I don't know. It's uh, just adds more to the Eagles' defensive line that's already pretty complete. I don't know what more they could have asked for already. I know the interior is pretty solid with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. Uh, you have Brandon Graham on the outside, kinda, and I don't know who the other one is, but you get just more help there with uh, Robert Quinn. Yeah, so the reason why they made this trade is because Derek Barnett went at, went down at the beginning of the season, and they needed extra uh, they needed extra rotation on the ends. And I, I mean, that's as good of a defensive end as you could possibly get. I'm looking at his stats right here. Quinn's 32, so he's on the wrong side of 30, but. He had 18 and a half sacks last year. I did not know about that. Yeah, he was up That's, there. I did not realize that. Um, 102 career sacks. Uh, obviously, if you know anything about the NFL, Robert Quinn's probably been one of the best defensive ends, most consistent defensive ends uh, pretty much over the last 10, 15 years or so since he started playing. Uh, so he's that's a huge trade for the Eagles. And, again, it just further bolsters – that rotation on the defensive line and really just the star power of that entire team as well. Trade deadline is coming up. Think about a week. It's about a week away. So, excuse me. <laughs> it's winter time here in Morgantown. If you can't tell, everyone's getting sick. But let's get into it. NFL week seven. It was another good week of, of games. It was a busy weekend for us here at West Virginia, so I I was not able to do that game, I think. Forget if I was able to do that. I was not. I was doing the Baylor game. That's what – no. What was I doing? I was doing men's soccer against Georgia State. That's what it was. I was doing men's soccer against Georgia State, so I could not watch a lot of these games. Manny, for you, let's start it off. Or we'll get to we'll get to the Steelers later on because that's Sunday night football. We'll start it all the way back Thursday night. That was a game that we were that we predicted on the last podcast. It was going to be a terrible game, and then immediately I got completely I was completely wrong on it as I think it was one of the highest scoring Thursday night football games uh, we've ever seen. Uh, granted, it's between the Saints and the Cardinals, and they don't have the greatest defenses in the world. But, you know, 76 points on Thursday night football makes it that much more exciting. Uh, for you, taking away from that game, it's a good win for the Cardinals. 
the Saints just seem that they are just continuing to spiral. I don't know where it ends for them at this point. They've really taken a dive uh, since Drew Brees and Sean Payton both left the organization. Yeah, they had some some key guys out. I know Marshawn Lattimore wasn't playing, Michael Thomas wasn't playing, and obviously Jameis Winston didn't play in that one. But I expect a little bit more out of them. They are pretty big injuries, but other than that, it was uh, it was just pretty much all Cardinals. They were pretty unfortunate there with the with the interceptions, the two pick sixes, then the first half. When that when that sort of thing happens, it's you kind of know from then on. It's gonna be extremely either it's gonna be extremely hard to come back from it and either win or you kind of lose the game at that point because that's a 14 point swing and I don't know who got the ball uh, to start the second half but that could be a 21 point swing right there if the Cardinals did and scored on the opening drive in the second half so that was extremely tough and unfortunate uh, one of them was because it hit off of Callaway's hands I think like straight in the chest and he just popped it up for the defender. It's rough for the Saints there in a division that's really weird just overall um, having the Panthers beat the Bucks on Sunday and the Falcons are close to leading that division and the Saints kind of in one of the worst spots. You don't really know because you don't know what you're going to get out of the Panthers. Um, but that division as a whole has been really weird. So I don't think it'll hurt them too much from that aspect, but it would have been a good game to win. Um, and on the Cardinals side, just hop and – Kyler, there still seemed to be a bit of rust there to start off, but other than that, they got like, I think he got like eight or nine receptions for like over 100 yards, no touchdown, but they seem to be on a, on a whole nother level of connection. You can tell that Kyler just likes throwing to him or knows him way better than a Rondell Moore or, or AJ Green, for, for example. So they seem to be kind of at least trending a little bit upwards than what they were. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see how they continue building on that because Seems to be a bit of uh, the discourse there between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. I don't know if you caught that when uh, they had that uh, the confrontation, I guess, on that timeout. I did see. I just saw that when I was looking over the box score real quick. It's interesting for the Saints as well. I've talked about it before. Uh, and, you know, if you know football, you know about the Eagles trade for the Saints' first-round pick. They had the Eagles had three first-round picks last in last year's draft. They ended up trading two of them, or three of them, no, two of them, uh, to end up getting A.J. Brown, and then they traded one away to the Saints, uh, and they ended up picking Chris Olave with that pick. But the Eagles come away with the first-round pick for the Saints this year, and it's really, it, again, it's just like we talked about. Howie getting Robert Quinn for a fourth-round pick is absurd, them getting the Saints first round pick is again another reason why Howie Roseman's one of the best, if not the best GM in the league at this moment. The fact that he predicted the Saints spiraling so much that they're now the four the Eagles now have fourth pick. The fourth pick in the entire draft, and they're the only undefeated team in the entire league as well. I think it just speaks to how how much this organization has grown. Uh, since the days of Chip Kelly. Uh, God, I hate that man. I really <laughs> hated it. I really hated that man. A lot of Philadelphia, too. A lot of the Eagles in the organization did as well. Nobody liked him in that building. Uh, that's. I think that's pretty con – I think everyone pretty much knew that. But let's get into a couple other games as well. Cowboys beat the Lions 24-6. to That's, 
I, I mean, we kind of expect it at this point. The Lions are looking towards another top five pick in the NFL draft and further rebuilding. Uh, it's starting to come down a little bit on Dan Campbell, not going to lie to you. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of stuff from Lions fans and just NFL media talking about what's happened with Dan Campbell. And I still support him. I think it's, you know, it, it's going to be tough when you're, you have a patchwork defense. You have a good. Uh, you have a decent offense. I think you have good. It all. It also. It also sucked that you didn't have Amon Ross St. Brown for pretty much the entire game after you went out in like the first 10, 15 minutes with a concussion. So that's obviously going to hurt. But again, I think this is a long-term development plan for the Lions. I don't know if you can give up on Dan Campbell yet. Commanders beat the Packers. Packers are just, I mean, I don't, again, this is confusing. If we had Connor Taylor on our host from last year, I think we'd be able to get a better opinion on them. But it just seems like the sky has fallen out from, from or the floor has fallen out from under the Packers at this point. For you, I mean, what do you think the reason is at this point? Do you think it's organizational? Do you think it's on you know, Rodgers and, you know, Aaron Jones and the leadership of that Packers team, or do you think it goes to Matt LaFleur or probably a combination of all three? Yeah, um, I don't know. It's really weird with the Packers because it looked like they were going to be just fine in some of the games because Romeo Dobbs seemed to be a kind of a guy that I liked. Uh, Christian Watson never really or hasn't really gotten going yet. He's dealing with like a hamstring. Randall Cobb just went down. Sammy Watkins is just coming off of like the IR. Um, these guys are clearly not on the same page yet with um with Rodgers. And it's gonna be it's tough because Romeo Dobbs is a rookie, same as Watson. Alan Lazard is your only real reliable guy there, but he's not like a bona fide number one, obviously. And Randall Cobb is older, so it's 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 kind of like false hope at the beginning because they were having some success against the Bucs. They they played decent in that game but obviously now we know what the Bucks are kind of looking like um not the best of teams so I don't know do you have at this point you have to really trade for any receiver at the trade deadline ideally I would love to see Odell Beckham go there because that's the kind of guy that they need there right now uh there's no other real bona fide receiver that you could really trade for or, or that is like a free agent right now chase claypool has been a guy that they've been mentioned with but is he really going to help out that much I don't, I don't think so um for the packers again yeah i guess it does fall on matt lafleur a little bit and just them in general because matt lafleur i think is still kind of calling the plays like he has Devontae adams there and obviously you have to comp- completely changed the way you call plays because that guy draws so much attention and makes it easier for everybody else that now I think they're sending the house at Aaron Rodgers and these guys can't get open quick enough for him to find them. He, a lot of incompletions and a lot of just him getting hit a lot more than he did last year. It's just not looking good for the Packers on top of their offensive line being banged up. Bakhtiari didn't play again. There's a lot of stuff not going right for this offense that they need to rely on because that defense to me is kind of overrated. I don't think they're that good, especially as they're losing to Darius Smith. So they have a lot of glaring issues that are kind of being brought to light now. Yeah, it's it really has turned out for the absolute worst with this Packers team, unfortunately. They're still in second in the, AF, in the NFC North, 
but it looks like the Vikings are going to end up taking that division. It's still earlier in the season, so you can still there's still a lot of time for movement. But you know, you have to wonder where what's going to have to change for this Packers team to be able to make it. You know, a comeback this season, if not maybe next season. Pat Panthers somehow beat the Buccaneers. That's actually I'm shocked that happened. The Buccaneers. That's. A big shock in my eyes. I'm surprised that the Panthers won that game, considering they're playing horrible. Uh, but the Buccaneers as well. Uh, quickly for you, do you think Brady stays in the NFL after the season, or do you think he retires? No, I think we talked about it before. I think he – I don't want to say he has to because, like, he can do whatever he wants, really. he's He can play wherever. Um, but I think it's just time, really. That off-the-field stuff hasn't really helped them at all, and it's just looking ugly for them. And I don't want to say it's on Todd Bowles because he is the new guy there, but it there is a connection there probably, a little bit of a correlation there that they have a new guy come in and they're not playing as well because they have basically the same team. I don't know what else it would be other than that. Um, it's weird with the Bucks. I don't know where they go from here in just tomorrow when they play the Ravens, um, which is going to be – and that'll be an interesting one to watch, but I just had, is this more, I had a question for you. Is this more of an impressive one for the Panthers or more of a, a just a disaster for the Bucks? Oh, it's a disaster for the Buccaneers. So the more talented team by far, uh, and the Panthers are, I mean, they're a pit, they're still right word for it. They're, I mean, they're a disaster. They're a disaster at this point as well. You just traded away your best running back and, probably ever to the 49ers, uh, which actually happened as well in between our podcasts. That's another interesting one as well. We'll get into the 49ers in a couple of seconds. Uh, I think it's more of a disaster for the Buccaneers, given how much pedigree the team has with Tom Brady. But I think everyone knew Tom Brady coming back was not a good idea, and it's really not turned into a good idea because now he's – I mean, he's lost his family, and all he has is football, and he's not even good at that anymore. So I think it's more of a disaster for the Bucks. I'm really interested to see what they do there to be able to fix it, if anything. Interesting as well, Giants win again. I don't think they're a fluke team as much as I hate to say it. I think they're a good team, and they've been playing really good football. Uh, just I'm going to hold my tongue on that until they play the Eagles, and then I'll be able to give a better opinion on that as well. Jets, I mean, they're still winning. I don't get this at all. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video of the little kid who, after every Jets win, he gets ice cream on TikTok. Uh, it was with Sauce Gardner, Gardner at the beginning of the season, and Sauce or the little kid asked Sauce Gardner, who's a rookie cornerback on the team from Cincinnati, he asked him, uh, you know, my dad takes me to get ice cream every time the Jets win. Are we going to win? Are we going to win a lot? And so I was like, yes, yes, you're going to get ice cream a lot. This kid, I mean, this kid's going to be drowning in ice cream by the end of the season with the way that the Jets are playing right now. They're one of the best teams in the AFC, and they've really been playing out of their mind at five and two. Still early, but it's promising from this Jets team. Uh, good for that kid as well. I mean, he really lucked out with the Jets this season and getting ice cream all the time. Interesting as well. Chargers 37-23. Chargers lose 37-23 to the Seahawks. Uh, I'm sure Zach was happy about that. It just, 
I don't get it with this Chargers team. I really struggle to understand why this Chargers team is so bad, given how much talent is on that team. Uh, I don't get it. I really, I don't know if you have any idea, being an AFC fan, but it just doesn't make sense for a team with that kind of level of talent on the team on offense and defense, and they can't beat the Seahawks. You know, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just the continuity of some of their guys. Like Herbert, he had that rib injury, I guess, when he played the Chiefs, that he wasn't the same after that. I don't know if he's still dealing with it. I have no idea. I don't follow it that closely. But they're also missing Rashawn Slater, Joey Bosa. Uh, J.C. Jackson just went down. And I, Keenan Allen, I think, played. Keenan, Keenan but he only played the first a, week. No, Keenan Allen is a I, he's a – I don't understand it with that man. Every single week, I get an update from fantasy, <laughs> from fantasy that says, Keenan Allen, questionable. Shocker, he's questionable. Yeah. He's out every single time. Like, the first Never... week is the only week he played the, like, gaming in its full 60, 60 minutes. Other than that, it's been questionable. And then last minute, he's out, he's out, he's out. And I think he played this past week, but I don't know how many uh, snaps he got. It's just... All these little things are kind of piling up on them right now, and it's not looking good for them at all with the Chiefs playing out of their mind. And other than that, they're lucky that 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 that, that division hasn't been as well as everybody thought it'd be because the Raiders aren't that good. The Broncos are, are a disaster. Uh, the Chiefs are obviously as good as the, everybody thought they were. And they're, I guess, by default, the second-best team in that division. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you as well. Again, this is a... I really question what the I don't question I don't understand what's wrong with the Chargers. The Seahawks, I mean, hey, we gotta root for him. Geno Smith has been playing right. out of his mind. And a lot of people are talking about what could have been with him. What could have been had he not gone to the Jets and Rex Ryan, had he gone to a team with a good head coach and a good envi- good locker room environment, how much better of a quarterback he could have been. Uh Chiefs beat the 49ers. Handily, forty-four to twenty-three. Uh, not the not the debut that Christian McCaffrey run once for the 49ers. That's still an interesting trade for me, in my opinion. You know, McCaffrey only had thirty-eight yards on the day, uh, which was pretty pitiful. Uh, really, it was more as a pa- It was more of a passing day for the 49ers. Do you think they might have overreached for him? and trying to get McCaffrey on the team. He's still a dynamic player, but he's not the same player that he was three, four, five years ago when he was healthy and the the guy in the NFL. Yeah, I think I I think I got to give it like a week, maybe two, three at most, because um, I, I didn't even think he was going to play. I didn't think they were just going to throw him out there. I don't know how much of the playbook he knew, but obviously he they said they had some place set for him. And... He looked okay for now, but again, like you said, it's that health thing. It's always going to be that health thing with him. If he can be healthy, that's going to be great with Debo and when Elijah Mitchell comes back. Um, I still think they need another receiver because Brandon Ayuk's okay. Like he's he's decent. He's not terrible, but he could, he could do the job. But against these better teams, I think you need somebody other than Debo catching the ball at times. Obviously, you have George Kittle there, but I hate that they use him as an offensive lineman more than a tight end. It's uh, it's the biggest disrespect to him. I guess because he's good at everything you could say, but I'd be pissed or I'd be mad if um, 
if I was just blocking all the time, because he is, in my opinion, the second best tight end if he plays like a tight end. Because Mark Andrews does block a little bit, but he's more pass catching and everything. Obviously, Kittle is probably the best one right now, but Mark Andrews is right there with Kittle. But I just think Kittle has a bit more athleticism in him, and I don't know. Uh, I think they need somebody else. But for right now, Christian McCaffrey's okay. Um, it to be seen. How how it all pays out with the picks and if he stays healthy. Yeah. Let's get into your Steelers. It was another tough loss for them. 16 to 10 on Sunday night football. Take me through your your feelings during that game. You're sitting at two and five now on the season and most likely gonna be a top ten pick. Oh yeah, yeah. Like top ten is probably a given. Um, I thought you were gonna say top five. Um, but uh <laughs> But I mean, 10, it, it's yeah. not out of the question. Uh, no, it, it's definitely not. Um, but I don't know. I, it wouldn't surprise me if this team not completely switched it around because at two and five, you can only go so far to be considered a decent team. Like even if you win five games, not your next five, but five out of the rest of your season, you're still like a mediocre team because you've already lost five games. Um, but it just this team is so much different when TJ Watt plays. Like the team I saw week one compared to this team now, um, but just the pass rush is not there. Alex Highsmith is decent. He has like six and a half sacks, but when people start to double team him, I guess nobody else can really get open or rush the quarterback. Um, but just in terms of the game last night specifically, I was just waiting for us to get at least one more touchdown. Because our defense was stopping them. I don't think they scored. They didn't score other than their first drive a touchdown, and it was all field goals. Um, I was just waiting for us to score one more touchdown because that's how usually the Steelers win now. They hold teams off, and they, at the end, score a touchdown or a game-winning field goal to win. I was just waiting for that, but it just never happened, really. It seemed like the penalties cost us there. When we were getting close, it was always a holding or something like that that brought us back, and People are, are, I think, overreacting about the interceptions that Kenny threw. I'm not worried about that at all, really. Um, the last one, just miscommunication that he threw. It, it looked ugly, just he wasn't on the same page with Deontay. And then the last one, he was forcing it uh, again to Deontay because they were backed up because of a penalty. That doesn't really phase me. He moved, he moved the ball uh, very well in a couple of drives. They just couldn't cap him off. Um I'm not really worried about him. I'm just waiting for us to get healthy. Once TJ Watt comes back, I think it'll be a bit better. But that offense, again, I guess they're getting there. We scored at least in the first half this game. Um, but it just needs to be more consistent uh, from there. And oh, and the last thing I'll say is that we had three dropped interceptions. Like, like we dropped three and they caught all three of theirs. Like, if that's going to happen, if you see that, you're obviously going to know which team lost that game. Yeah, it's been a tough go for the Steelers. Uh, about to move to two and six this weekend as well. Before to get into that though, Bears Patriots thirty three to thirty three to fourteen. The Patriots have again. It's another organization that's really fallen, you know, on its face at this point. They're really struggling trying to pick between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, who look identical. I don't know if you've seen pictures of the yeah. two, but they look exactly the same. A hundred percent agree. Oh, yeah. Uh, For the Bears, it's good. Again, you know, a good win on Monday Night Football. 
you're at three and four, you're tied for second in the NFC North. It's good spot for them. But obviously with the news today of Robert Quinn moving to the Eagles, you lose probably one of your best defensive weapons. I want to bring you a tweet real quick. Eagles pass rush. Okay, let's think about this. Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, Robert Quinn, Brandon Graham. You notice something about those four? Uh, no, no, not. There are only defensive ends. Okay. Defense, defensive tackles, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, Javon Hargrave, and uh, Milton Williams. The Eagles pass rush. I mean, that is a deadly, deadly pass rush. Uh, we'll get into that game a little bit more, but I don't know if you're going to take the Steelers on Saturday, but they're currently uh, plus 11 uh, at the moment. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's – I think that might be the highest of the weekend. It is – yeah. Probably up there. Oh, nope, nope, it is not. The bill – actually, the Packers yeah. is, is higher. The Packers is higher than the Bills. That'll be – that'll be a good game for sure. You think so? Frankly, though, for the Bills – Oh uh, yeah, fantasy, for my fantasy team, I mean Josh Allen's gonna have a great night. That's what I'm saying. I uh, I just think like oh, the no, Bills are gonna, gonna steamroll them. Oh no, it's gonna be a terrible game for the Packers, but it'll be a great night for my fantasy team. That's okay. all I care about. <laughs> Let's get into tomorrow night. You mentioned it: Ravens, Buccaneers, Thursday night football. Bucks are favored by one in this game. They're actually elite. somehow they're also winning uh, the matchup predictor as well. The ESPN FPI. This is a game I think the this is a, a Ravens not a Ravens must win, but I think if the Ravens lose this game, it's going to be really telling a, the performance of the rest of this season. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point because um, because the, I think the Ravens are kind of teetering. I think a lot of people are are still high on them, but you've seen the last couple of performances and you're like, it hasn't changed yet. So you're still thinking, are they actually a good team? This week against the Browns, they won, but it was just a running fest, really. I didn't really take much from that. I knew that both of those teams were good at running the ball, so nothing of that has really changed. I think this week will be a good test, more so for Lamar Jackson because he's playing the Bucs one, going up against Tom Brady. And likewise for the Bucs, they're, they're teetering right now as well. Both of these teams are similar in that aspect. And I'm pretty sure it's in Baltimore. I could be wrong. I don't know um, from that standpoint, but uh, I don't, it'll be interesting for the Bucks. Tampa. It's in Tampa? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that should help out the Bucks a bit more, but if they can get this win, that'll be huge for them because they're being the Ravens, who I think people have are higher on them than they are on the Bucks. But if they lose, it's really going to be ugly for the Bucks and the Ravens. It'll be a good win for them if they do win that. Let's get into – the first game on Saturday, on Sunday, Eagles Steelers. Manny, are you going to watch this game? Uh, I think I have to because <laughs> I just, at this point, I'm not looking for us to win, really. I'm just looking to see how Kenny plays. Like, that's all I really am focused on right now. I know TJ Watt's not going to play, uh, even though he returned to practice, I think today he's not going to play. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. So I'm only really 
looking or watching to see how Kenny plays and how this and see if this offense changes or they still run out rats for ninety five percent of their other snaps. Matt, that's Matt Canada right there. Over under forty three on that game. I'm gonna hammer the over on that one in my opinion. Let's get into a couple others. Broncos, Jaguars. Yeah, never mind. That's on London. That's London time. That's nine thirty in the morning. Uh, would be in Austin, Texas. Uh, but we will be at home for the women's soccer conference tournament. We will be traveling for the men's soccer conference tournament. Let's get into some other games as well. Bears, Cowboys. It'll be a good game, I think. Uh, it'll be interesting how the team responds after losing Robert Quinn. Uh, to the Eagles, Cowboys five and two. Uh, second team in the East. I don't know where Dak Prescott is really. He could play. I haven't really seen much any reports on him being able to play. So I'd be interested to see what the Cowboys decide. Do they allow him to, you know, rest another week? You know, this is probably going to be a win for the Cowboys. Do you allow him to rest for another week, or do you want him to build up that game fitness and try to get back into shape? Uh, and really just get back into the swing of things. Yeah, well, I think I think he should play. I think well, he played this week. Um, he looked decent. Um, again, it was kind of slow in the first half, but then he kind of picked it up. I think he's just gonna build on that. And I guess the Bears, it would be risky if Robert Quinn was still there. But now that he's not, you could pretty much not safely throw him out there. But like, you don't have another guy to worry about really. So I I think they're gonna win. Yeah, and I think he's just gonna build on. Uh, build that offense up a bit more, heading into more important games down the line. There's not a ton of good games uh, at all. There there are some pretty terrible games. Uh, the only ones that really catch my eye. Um, the Niners play Jets, the Rams. Jets, also. Pat. Yeah, Jets, Pat. Jets, Jets, Patriots should be a good one. Uh Matt Jones is going to start. We'll see how yeah. that goes, though. Still recovering a bit, so I'm interested to see how he does. Uh, Commanders-Colts, that sounds like a terrible game, but it will be the Carson Carson Wentz reunion. It is uh, interesting about that game, just before I let you finish. It was supposed yeah. to be Carson Wentz against Matt Ryan. Now it's Taylor Heineke against Sam Ellinger. Yeah, that's just a... <laughs> I think that's just the story of those two franchises at this point. It's also at Indianapolis, so it would be better if Wentz did play. 49ers-Rams, that's a good one. That'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, For not watching the women's soccer game at that point, I'll probably have it on as well. That'll be a good one, though. Uh, Again, I'll be interested to see how Christian McCaffrey continues to get worked into this team. Uh, and really just that lineup as well. Jeff Wilson's been pretty decent. I want to say he's been great in in substitution of Elijah Mitchell. But, again, I, I'm interested to see how they kind of use McCaffrey. Is he going to be used more like a Debo Samuel where he's going to be, you know, a running back wide receiver hybrid? Uh, I really don't know. I think it, the 49ers could be a dangerous team. They could be if they use Kittle as an actual tight end and not an offensive lineman. Because imagine, I mean, you think about it, you have Kittle, you have Ayuk, you have Christian McCaffrey, maybe. Those are decent. Those are still star players, in my opinion. Uh, Ayuk, maybe not. But still, I mean, that the the talent's there for the 49ers. Oh, and Debo, and Debo Samuel, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. Uh, the talent is there for this 49ers team to try and do something. 
uh, I just don't I don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Uh, obviously, with Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback, he's good, but you know you want Trey Lance to be playing, and he's not going to be playing because he's out for the season. So I'm interested to see how that one goes at 4:25 on Sunday. I'm gonna lean towards the. I'm gonna say lean towards the 49ers because the Rams are coming off of a bye. They uh they dominated them last time in San Francisco. I don't know if you remember that one. the The 49ers gave them a a pretty good beating in that one. Matthew Stafford, I think, threw two, maybe three interceptions, and the oh, I do remember just, that. Yeah, just yeah, uh, completely dominated them. Do remember that one? Giant Seahawks. That'll be a good one for sure. Uh. Zach will be watching that. Let me see where this game is. Where is it supposed to be? It is in Seattle. I'm going to take the Seahawks. I'm going to take the Seahawks at home against the Giants. I think the Giants are obviously on a hot streak, but beating Seattle at home is already tough enough with it being allowed a stadium in the NFL. But when, with the performances they've had over the last three, four games, uh, I really think the Seahawks team isn't on an upward swing. Uh, I think with Kenneth Walker being, you know, rev- is being a really good running back, only being a rookie, Geno Smith, obviously a revelation at quarterback and, you know, the promised quarterback that every West Virginia fan knew him to be and hadn't really been developed to that point. At this point, I think he may just not have been in the right system, in my opinion. But I'm going to take the Seahawks in that one. Sunday night, that'll be a fun one. Again, we talked about it briefly, but Packers-Bills, Bills favored by 11 and a half. This is at the Bills. Oh, so this is going to be a blowout. Oh, this is going to be a terrible yeah. game for the Packers. Uh, cold weather team, so they're both suited for it, but this is going to be a Bills blowout. Uh, expect the Bills to move to 6-1. and one. Monday night football is terrible. Bengals-Browns is one of the worst games mm-hmm. I've seen in a long time. Uh, the Bengals are decent. Uh, obviously not the team that I think they were last year going to the Super Bowl. Uh, Burrow's, I mean, Burrow, Mixon, and Chase are obviously a three-headed monster. But at the same time, I just don't I don't see the same type of team that we saw last year with the Bengals. Uh Maybe it was just a one-year thing. I don't know if you have a better opinion on it being an, you know, being a fan of a team in the AFC North. Um, it is strange to see it because we thought that line was going to be better, and I think they're at best as good as they were last year, if not worse. Because I think Joe is still, I think top five or top ten definitely in getting sacked the most. So obviously, you don't want to see that and. They're playing the Falcons this past week, even though they've been sort of impressive. It's still the Falcons. They're not an upper echelon kind of team. And the Bengals are playing at home, so they looked impressive. But against the Browns, it'll be a bit more tricky because they obviously have Miles Garrett and Damian Clowney. They are bringing some pressure. And they got some good corners, Denzel Ward. And uh, their other corner, Greedy Williams, that's who it is from, from LSU. Um, he, they're pretty decent. So defensively, it should be a kind of a – good matchup but i don't think that offense can compete with the Bengals. those three receivers that they have are are great that trio led by jamar chase so i expect the Bengals to win but again they're not fully convincing me to be to, to put them with the bills and the Chiefs yet obviously do you think this is a make or break season for kevin stefanski that's a good question uh 
it's if Deshaun Watson was playing the the entirety of the season, probably I would say yeah. Um, but, but we still have to see how he's gonna come back. I think people still forget that he is gonna come back after week eleven or at week eleven. And I want to see how they do play with him because he obviously is an improvement from Jacoby Brissett. We we expect him to be. I'm not gonna fully say it because this guy hasn't played football in a while, and for him to just jump in and be way better than Jacoby Brissett, I think will take some time if he ever gets there. But they only really have Amari Cooper receiving the ball and David and Joe, who I guess, but other than that, they don't have really any impressive weapons. They can run the heck out of the ball, but just throwing it, I think it won't help Deshaun Watson. And they're just going to be a mid-level team this season. I think once he comes back and then next season, if he is there the entire season, we still don't know with Deshaun Watson. Um, I think it'll be, that'll be his make or break year because Kevin Stefanski will have pretty much everything. I agree with that as well. I want to see him succeed, obviously, being an alumni of the Saints high school that I was. But he has really struggled other than that one year with Baker Mayfield when they made the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Monday Night Football. But another interesting week in NFL Week 7, it'll be another somewhat interesting week in Week 8, not the most fantastic of games, again, unfortunately. But nonetheless, it's the NFL, so you know it's going to be exciting no matter what. Thank you again for listening to First and Moose podcast presented by UNID2, the Moose, the student radio station of West Virginia University. I'm your host, Patrick McCabe, signing off for Manny Diego. We'll be back next week to review Week 8 and preview NFL Week 9. And we'll see what happens with all of these NFL teams and all the storylines going into next week. Thank you again, and have a good rest of your day.